But before we get to the, the Lord's Supper this morning, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the year that lies ahead. And, uh, you know, the new year is just a good time to make changes in your life, to set goals in your life. I know that in the, in the uh, real picture, it's just another flip of the calendar. It's just a, another day. But for me, it's always a special day I mean, I, or a special time, the new year. I always want to sort of reset things at New Year's and, and get a new start, get a fresh start. And so I want to encourage you to do that this year. I want to encourage you to, uh, to change some things in your life, to set some goals in your life as we move into the new year. You know, it's important to do that from time to time. It's important to set goals in your life. Now, you guys know, or most of you know, and I hope I don't offend any of you who don't know, but I grew up hunting. I love to hunt. And uh, all of my years, I've hunted with different people. And there's one person, he's not here, but some of you would know him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not mention his name. But there's one guy that I used to hunt with a lot years ago. And, um, and we used to always go duck hunting together. Now, I don't go duck hunting anymore because you have to get up too early. And it's too uncomfortable, and I've grown out of that. So, but we used to go duck hunting all the time together. And how many people in this room have ever done that? Anybody? A couple of you? Not a hunting crowd. So, the, uh, <laughs> look, duck hunting is just one of those things, like the more miserable it is outside, the better the hunting is. And, and uh, so you're out there, you're miserable, you're cold, you're, you're wet, you're in a blind, and there's not usually very many birds. It just happens every once in a while, and you have to be really paying attention. This one particular guy that I used to hunt with, every time birds would show up, and it was time, you know, it was time to go, it was time to do this thing, uh, we would finish our volley of shots, and every single time, not kidding with you, I've hunted with this guy several times, every single time. We'd look over there and we'd say, did you shoot? And he'd say, no. He'd say, it'd be one thing or another. Couldn't get my safety off. Uh, my gun wasn't loaded. I mean, it was, every, it was like, I'm not sure what's wrong with this guy. But I mean, every single time something would happen, you know, something stupid would happen. And he could never shoot. Or he'd say, you know, I, I thought they were coming this way. And so I aimed this way and they came that way. Just everything, there was always something wrong and you know what this guy's a perfect example of? Is that in order to be successful, you've got to actually pull the trigger. Like if you don't ever just set a goal, point at it, and pull the trigger, you'll never do anything. You got me? Like you've got to set some goals you've got in your life. And especially, especially the most important thing in your life this applies like you've got to be able to set goals for yourself spiritually every year. And that's one of the things that excites me most about the new year, because generally by the time we get through December, I'm a little bit worn out, a little bit tired. And, and I just decide, you know what, I'm, I'm resetting. I'm going to do something different this year. And I'm going to try to set some goals that I'm going to go after this year spiritually. And this is important for us to do. So uh, I just want to encourage you to do that. Turn to Philippians chapter three with me real quick. And, um, In verse 12, I'm going to read you a short short passage of Scripture. Now, if you're visiting with us, this is not how I typically would preach. Um, I'm not really going to preach a sermon today. I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about some things that are on my heart. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. And then um, I want to try, hopefully, to set an example for you. Uh, This is exactly the process that I've been going through personally 
over the last couple of weeks as the new year has been approaching. And I, wanna, I just thought, you know what, I want to share this with my church family and hope that maybe it helps you. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, are we there? Almost. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, listen to what Paul says. And I love that this comes from Paul, because we all know, we all think that Paul was the super Christian that none of us could possibly be, and that he never struggled or never needed to do anything that he had sort of arrived. So I love what, what Paul says in verse 12. He says, not that I've already obtained this, or that I'm already perfect, but I press on. Just stop right there for a second and understand that in the larger context of this chapter, what Paul's just saying, just simply saying, is I have not arrived yet at where I want to be. I'm still pressing on. I'm still pressing on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. Again, he's just saying I, I haven't arrived yet. He says, but one thing I do, I love this, like you should underline, highlight, and exclamation point this thing all over the place. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if any of you thinks otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us be true to what we have attained. Letting go of what's behind us and pressing forward to what's ahead of us. That's exactly what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to wipe the slate clean. No matter how good last year was, no matter how bad last year was, I want you to wipe the slate clean, forget what was behind, and let's press on into 2020 and set some goals together. Can we do that? You with me? So I'm just going to give you a few things, and these are honestly, this isn't um, sermon talk. This isn't just like good things that preach easy. This is honestly the things in my own life that I've decided to do this year to just sort of help me um, set my goals. And here's the first thing. Here's the first thing to help me grow as a follower of Jesus is I want to choose one thing to pursue in 2020. Like one specific thing is going to be my thing personally, personally in 2020. And for me, my one thing is that I've just chosen this year to, I, I want to know Jesus better than I've ever known him before. Now, that sounds awfully vague, I know. But what that means, and I, I could uh, brought you my notebook and show you my notebook, I made some little notes under that goal. Like, for instance, I want to I read the Gospels, all of the Gospels, at least four times this year. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but I want to read through them each four times this year, slow down, and just get to know Jesus this year. I've gotten a couple of books about the life of Jesus, the times of Jesus. I want to read about the background of the towns that he walked in, the people that he would have walked around, the, uh, the government that he lived under, all those things. I want to know Jesus. In 2020, I want to know Jesus better than I've ever known him before in my life. And so that's my personal goal that I've set to pursue. One thing to pursue in 2020. I wonder if you could set just one thing ahead of you and say, that's going to be my thing in 2020, spiritually speaking. I mean, I could think of a lot of things. Like you could say, uh, in 2020, I'm going to make sure to spend 15 minutes a day reading my Bible and praying. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to 
to be silly when I say this or, or be flippant about it either, but for some of us, that would be a huge accomplishment. Just 15 minutes a day. If we made that goal, 15 minutes a day to spend with the Lord every day. Or maybe you could set a goal and say, uh, this year, I want to read through my entire Bible. I want to actually read the Bible this year, read through the entire Bible. Or you could say, uh, this year, I'm going to uh, pursue uh, learning, to, um, learning to serve better in the, in the church. I want to pursue service in the church. I mean, just think of something for you that you want to pursue and make that your thing this year. You do that? Remember, if you, don't, if you don't aim and point and shoot at something, you're not going to do anything. It's going to be 2021, and you will not have done anything this year to take another step with Jesus. So choose something uh, to pursue this year. Make, make up your mind that you're going to have a thing this year. So that's number one. Choose one thing to pursue this year. And then number two, and this one's super important. This might be more important than the first one, is to choose one thing to let go of in 2020. Choose one thing to let go of in 2020. You know, some of us are, are holding on to some things in our life that are like anchors around our necks. You know, some of us are just drowning in life. Like the tide's rising and you're being held down. You've got an anchor around your neck and you won't let go of it. You're holding on for dear life. There's got to be some things in our lives that we need to let go of. I love what, what, what Paul said in verse 13. I want to read it to you again because it's so important. It's so important where he says, Brothers, I did not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, I'm forgetting what lies behind. He's choosing to forget what was behind him and strain forward to what lies ahead. What can you let go of this year that will help you to be a follower of Jesus or to help you to pursue your relationship with Jesus? What can you let go of this year that's holding you back? I mean, just quick survey. Just make sure you're still awake out there. Quick survey. You don't have to say what it is. But how many of you can think of at least one thing right now? You haven't even had to think hard about it. One thing that you should let go of this year. I mean, right? We've all got some things that we need to let go of. And sometimes one of the healthiest things you can ever do for yourself as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, is to choose to let go of some things. Maybe you need to let go of some things that have been hurting you. I mean, I've been in, in that uh, situation so many times over the years. I, I don't um, tend to hold on to things very long. And part of that is because I've trained myself not to do it. I wasn't always like that. I would hold on to things. I remember when I was, um, when we were together yesterday, Nick and Gary and Troy and I, and we were talking about the first church that I pastored, and in my first church that I ever pastored, this little tiny church in West Virginia, it was, I hadn't been there six weeks before uh, there was a guy who was there who decided that he didn't want me there anymore, and uh, he wanted me to leave, and he wanted my family to go back where we came from, because he wanted to be the pastor of the church, and uh, let me tell you something, I was mad, I was super mad, Uh, this was not a good guy. He didn't conduct himself in a way that honored Christ in any way, shape, or form through this situation. And I got mad at him. I, used, I would go up behind the house. I was so mad. I'd, I'd get out of the house, leave Denise and the kids in the house, and go up behind the house and literally just sit on the mountain behind the house and sit there and try not to be mad anymore. So mad. And then I'd say, well, you know, I can't, I can't think of um, any way to get this guy off my mind. I'm going to go fishing. You know, I want to go fishing. 
I'll go fishing. Surely I won't think about him if I go fishing. I'll just go fishing and do that. And I remember being down on the Tigert River just outside of Elkins fishing. And about 10 minutes in, I wanted to throw my fishing rod in the water, stomp one. I was so mad at this guy. Everything I did, it was consuming me. Everywhere I went, I was mad at people. I was short with people at the gas station. I was mad about what this guy was doing. And I, I didn't want to forgive him because he was wrong and he didn't have any interest in being forgiven. I was just mad. And it was eating me up. And then on uh, Easter Sunday, perfect timing, right? Easter Sunday, guess who comes in the church? Yeah, my buddy. And when he came in the church, I was in the pulpit, and you know what happened to me? I got so mad that I, I literally wanted to run to the back of the of the sanctuary and tackle this guy. I don't think I've ever been as mad at anybody in my life. Uh, what a, yeah. Except he was like twice my size. So, coal miner. He had big hands too. He probably would have whooped me. But. but I got so mad. I couldn't think, I couldn't focus on worship. I couldn't focus on preaching. I was just so mad. And I eventually had to step back at a time when somebody else was at the pulpit and decide, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do here. But I know I need to just forgive this guy. No matter if he wants me to or not, I need to forgive this guy and move on. And in that moment, I, I asked the Lord to help me to forgive him. And it was like a million pounds came off my shoulders. And I, I've never, I, that was probably one of the most important moments of my life, and, and, and especially in ministry, was learning to forgive somebody that had hurt me instead of holding on to it so that I could be free to be the person that Jesus intended me to be. And so it may not be forgiving somebody, but some of you are probably holding on to some things that are just anchoring you down. And this year would be a good time, this time of the year, when we start a new year fresh and everything's starting new and we're making resolutions, this would be a good time maybe to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm finished with what I was holding on to. I'm moving on from that. Ask Jesus to help you do it. And I believe if you sincerely do that, he will help you to do it. The Holy Spirit will help you to let go of what you need to let go of. You know what another thing that might mean when it comes to letting go of something? It might mean that you need to reorder your priorities in 2020. So it might mean not, not that you're holding on to some emotional trauma or something like that, but it may mean that you're holding on to something in your life that just needs to go. You know what I mean? You just as a, as a parent to kids of, uh, from 21 down to 4, I interact with all kinds of different parents and all types of different communities, and we do little league stuff and softball and school sports and all that stuff. And can I tell you something I've learned about people in, um, in this setting, in Central Maryland, particularly in Western Howard County? You know what one thing I've really learned about people? Is that we've spread ourselves so thin, I don't know how any of us do anything meaningful. Like, we're, we're rushing around. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And Christians, let me tell you something about, I'll, I'll try not to soapbox you here. But I know Christians... Who will, who will tell me they can't come to something at, at church or they can't be a part of serving or they can't be a part of doing something 
uh, meaningful for the kingdom of God, they'll tell me that they can't do that because they're so busy. But yet their kids can play on three different sports teams. They can make it to every practice for all the sports teams. They can make it to every school function that they need to get to. They can make it to every parent-teacher meeting, every uh, college visit, everything imaginable, plus work a a high-stress, meaningful job somewhere. They can make time for all of that, but not always for Jesus. Let me tell you, some of us need to let go of some things. For the sake of our spiritual health, we need to let go of some things, reorder our priorities. And I think for some of us, that might just be what it means. What is something in your life that you need to let go of so that you can walk closer with Jesus this year? What's something in your life that you need to let go of to be freed up to be the disciple of Jesus that he means you to be? And so think through those things. And I hope you're writing these things down. I hope you're going to at least try uh, to do some of these things. So choose one thing to pursue in 2020. Choose one thing to let go of in 2020. And here's one that's, that's hard. This is difficult. And I have no idea what this will mean for you. And I don't even know what it means for me yet. But here it is. Choose to take one radical step forward in your faith this year. One radical step forward in your faith this year. Every single time I've been able to really look back in my life and see where I've grown up real fast spiritually and taken a big jump and, and grown up in a way that I think God wants me to, I can trace it back to being forced or choosing to take one big radical step of faith. Choose to take a big radical step of faith this year. I don't know what that will mean for you. Like I said, I don't know what it means for me this year. But I know that you can do it without fear. You know, some of us don't want to take those big giant steps because we're scared where God might lead us. Like some of you think, if I, if I pray, okay, Lord, um, wherever you lead, I'll go, you think that he's going to lead you to Zimbabwe. And so you say, I'm not going to pray that prayer. I'm not doing that. Because if I get in the business of this radical stuff, I'm going to take radical steps. I don't know where the Lord's going to lead me. And if he leads me somewhere crazy, I'm not going to be able to go. Just trust me. Commit to taking one big radical step. He'll be with you. You'll be okay. He won't take you anywhere you're not equipped to go. He won't take you anywhere or, or, or call you to do anything he hasn't already prepared you to do. I believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That was not a... Look, y'all don't believe that. You do not believe that. The other night, or about two weeks ago, I, I made a mistake in my house. I made a parenting mistake. I make more parenting mistakes now. I don't, I don't even know what you said, but I... I made a parenting mistake. I, I seem to be making more and more, especially now that I have a son. I do stupid things with my son. I teach him bad things. I mean, I'm serious. I'm just being honest with you. Like, I do things. Uh, if you don't know, I have three daughters. I have a 21-year-old daughter, a 15-year-old daughter, and an uh, almost 11-year-old daughter. And then I have a four-year-old son. So I did all the girls first and then got a son. So I'm like going crazy, Larry. I'm going nuts with this guy, you know. And those of you who know him, he's, he's already crazy to begin with. And so the other night, 
Denise was cooking dinner and, and uh, doing some things, and I needed to get him out of her hair because he likes to go and help mommy. He loves to do stuff in the kitchen, and, and, uh, but he disrupts her. And so I said, come on in here. And, and sometimes I have a hard time keeping his attention, so I'm flipping through the TV trying to find something that we could watch together that would keep his attention. And you know what I found? No, not football. Something much better than football. Professional wrestling. <laughs> Now, I don't watch that. I haven't watched that since I was a kid, but I thought he's going to love it because there are all these flamboyant people and crazy people and they're jumping, they're fighting, and he loves that stuff anyway. And so, yeah, so I said, let's watch this. And I thought, we'll just sit down and watch wrestling. It'll be funny. We'll laugh together. So we're watching wrestling together. And I don't know any of the names of these people anymore, but we're watching wrestling together. And you know, that didn't take very long before he said, Daddy, you want to wrestle? <laughs> So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll wrestle with you. So we get on the ground, and to, we're good to this point. Keep in mind, everything's cool, because we wrestle all the time anyway. So we're wrestling, and, and we're pretending, and I'm body slamming him, and, and he's punching me, and, you know, we're doing the whole thing. And so we kind of, you know, we do, like, we get into it, and, and he punched me this one time, and, and I, like, pretended that he knocked me out, and so I lay down on my back and, and close my eyes, and I'm just laying there. I looked up just in time, Chuck, just in time. This is, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. He was on the top of the couch, not, not on the couch cushion, on the back of the couch, standing on the back of the couch, and I looked up just in time to see him do this. He did it. He was fully committed, and I just had enough time to catch him enough that he didn't kill both of us. Some of you know he, he injured Denise not long ago, did, almost broke her ribs, but off the top of the couch. I said, son, I said, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're going to hurt somebody. You can't do that. And you know what he said to me, of course. He said, well, they do it on TV. <laughs> but here's, here's really what I'm getting at. Is I think the reason he did it is not just because he saw it on TV. I think the reason he was willing to jump was because he feels just intuitively that as long as I'm with my father, nothing bad will happen to me. As long as daddy's down there, as long as daddy will catch me, nothing bad will happen to me. And I feel like for us, man, I want to be like him. You know, in my relationship with my heavenly father, I want to be able to say this year and every year of my life, I'll jump, I'll step, I'll run, I'll go, because as long as my Heavenly Father's there to catch me, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And so I don't know what it is for you. I mean, this is just a process I'm going through, but I don't know what your radical step will be. And it, it may be your step may not look as radical or may look more radical to others. Don't worry about that. But what for you is a, a radical step that you can take this year in your faith? I mean, I wrote down some things here, um, but I'm not even going to share them with you because I want you to just meet with Jesus and do that on your own. So choose one thing to pursue. Choose one thing to let go of. And choose to take one radical step of faith this year.